0: I didn't realise you were such a good horse rider, Clodagh. You're not too bad yourself. Well, it's been a while for me, but I guess it's kind of like riding a bike. Or riding a horse.
1: (laughs) Great day for a trek, though, isn't it? Don't get too comfy. We have a podcast to make. Race, yeah. Come on, Bob. Come on, Jeff. Come on, Bob.
0: Welcome to Kidcast. I'm Kira O'Donoghue, and galloping with me to studio this week is the fabulous Clodagh Sayers Walsh. Hello. Claudia, you were pretty fierce on that horse back there. You do horse riding lessons. Yes. And do you remember what age you were when you first started your riding lessons? I
1: think I might have been eight.
0: About eight. And now you're ten. So you've been riding about two years. Yes. Okay. So you're pretty experienced with horses. And what do you like about horse riding?
1: The feel of being on the horse. The horse is your friend. The view, the feel of being up in nature.
0: And do you like going fast on a horse or do you prefer like just to take it slow and to kind of enjoy being with the animal and being outside? I like to keep it slow. Good choice. Although you were pretty fast back there, I have to say. Yeah. So what are the first most sort of important things that you had to learn when you got on got onto a horse?
1: Well, I think you need to keep your heels down and hold the reins correctly in between your pinky and your ring finger.
0: And does that hurt sometimes when the rain is kind of going back and forth on those fingers?
1: Yeah, sometimes it does but you just need to settle, settle down with your hands, get a nice position. Or you could wear a pair of gloves. Oh,
0: yes, that would be a good idea, especially in the winter, I'm sure. Gloves come in very handy. Did you ever fall off a horse?
1: Well, I didn't fall off per se but I was on a horse and the flies were bothering him so... He tried to roll on the
0: ground, but I just jumped off. Oh my goodness. Were you really scared when he started rolling? Yeah. That was really good intuition then, that you were able to get your feet out of the stirrups and you were able to hop off. Did you say, right, I'm going to get straight back up on that horse or did you take a little break from horse riding?
1: I did go on a different horse a few minutes later.
0: Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. You
1: know, my riddle for this week is horse-themed.
0: Oh, really? I wonder, does that mean that I might actually have some chance of solving this one? Because I'm mad into horses as well. OK, right. I'm ready for it.
1: A horse is tied to a five-metre rope, and there's a bale of hay ten metres away from him. The horse, however, is still able to eat from the hay. How is this possible?
0: OK, so you've got a horse tied... With a five metre rope, but yes. he's able to go ten metres over to the bale of hay. Have I got that right? Yes. Somehow, he's able to magically get from five metres to ten metres with a rope tied to him. I, I'm going to need a little while to try and figure that out in my head. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, do I need to go down a maths route here? Is this like a mathematical riddle? No. No, OK. Well, I hope our listeners at home have got some insight for me and I wonder if anybody at home has already got the answer. If you think you've already guessed it, you can let us know by email at info at kidcast.ie or you can send a message to Kidcast on Facebook. But first, let's find out what's coming up on today's show. It's going to be
1: a busy show today. Episode four brings us to Ned and Dot in the middle of the Irish Sea. Can you guess where I'm headed? Abigail is standing by with her mystery sounds. You might hear some tummies rumbling later with me and Michelle's favourite recipe. And I'll be chatting to animator Boy Shoney. But first, a catch-up
2: on the week's events. KitCast News Hi, my name's Hannah Dunn reporting for KitCast News. In this week's headlines, rising COVID-19 numbers, burger bug or tummy bug? Takeaway takedown, something a bit woofy. Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Tony Hulahan said COVID-19 is circulating widely in the community, but they have the tools to limit its spread. We know that vaccination is very successful at preventing severe illness and hospitalization. I urge anyone who needs to get the COVID vaccine to do so. So be careful and wash your hands. Diners in the German town of Aachen are being offered insect burgers made from the meat of buffalo worms, which are said to be highly nutritious. The owners of Bug Foundation, the company that makes the burgers, spent four years working on the idea after travelling to Southeast Asia, where it's not unusual for people to eat insects. Takeaway orders winging their way across skies in the Australian city of Canberra are being hijacked by birds. Wing. Program and Rob, in collaboration with Google, delivering coffee, food, and even medicine by drones, has seen some orders end in a takeaway takedown. Now, we may be used to seeing Shane Duffy on the pitch, but what about something a bit woofy? Romania has come up with a unique solution to their stray dog problem. Romanian players have been bringing six abandoned dogs onto the pitch before each game they play this season in an effort to find them new homes. This campaign wants to highlight the issue of unwanted dogs in Romania as dog shelters there are full and many dogs are roaming the streets. I'm Hannah Dunn and that's your KidCast News.
0: Thank you so much, Hannah. Really interesting stories this week. And what a unique idea for rehoming dogs in Romania. Do you think that would work over here, Cloda? I, I think it would work because a lot of
1: people during lockdown have been taking dogs out of the animal shelter and now
0: there's barely any left. That is a really good point. But what about cats, though? I mean, you often see big groups of feral cats around. I know there's some at my local train station and there's actually a group of people who have organised a rota to feed them. I didn't really think
1: that cats would get rehomed as quickly because feral cats are kind of a bit more difficult for people to look after in their homes then again I am biased.
0: You know I think I'm probably a dog person too but I did have a cat for 11 years called Abby and she was a very unique cat she didn't particularly like people but we had a very special bond and she was a tailless cat because she got into some sort of an accident on one of her adventures when she went off one day and she came home with her tail hanging off which looked incredibly painful and she was visibly in an awful lot of pain but thankfully when I brought her to the vets they were able to help her, and she actually had no problems living the rest of her life without a tail. So she was like a Manx cat wannabe? I guess so. That's a coincidence, as this
1: week I actually paid a visit to the land of the Manx cat. Around the world! Hi! I'm Ned. I'm Dot. And And we're we're from from the Isle Isle of Man. Man. The Isle of Man lies in the middle of the Irish Sea between Ireland and Great Britain. It is 48 kilometres long and 16 kilometres wide. And is home to about 85,000 people. The Manx. Hi Ned and Dot, welcome to KidCast. Hi, Feltcheri, just Ellen Vannin. I'm not really sure what that means. It means uh, welcome, welcome to the, to the Isle, of Man. Isle of Man. That was a very noisy introduction. Can you tell me what all those motorbikes were doing on the Isle of Man? Well, the Isle of Man is home to one of the most dangerous motorbike races in the world, the TT races. People coming from all over the world to watch some motorbikes. It takes place during the summer holidays. You said the Isle of Man is in between Ireland and Great Britain, but it is neither Irish nor British. Can you explain that to us? The Isle of Man, it's one of the very smallest islands with its own language, its own culture, its own everything. So it is part of the British Isles, but not England or Great Britain. We make our own laws. It's... The longest continuous parliament in the world. So that was around in the time of the Vikings. There's a day every year called Timbal Day and everyone comes... It's like a culture it's day. It's like a massive culture day and people Best come all, really. to Timbal Hill and they discuss the laws and all that stuff. What kind of money do you use? Pounds and pence with different prints on them, say the Laksa wheel or Timbal Hill. Can you use that money in England, Wales or Scotland, or is it only restricted to the Isle of Man? Just the Isle of Man. What is a typical local dish? Chips, Chips, cheese and gravy! gravy. Tell me about your school. What age do you start? I was four, he was four and my sister was five. How long is your school day? Nine o'clock to half past three. Wow, that's actually a longer day than mine. Do you wear a uniform in your school? Yep, yes. We've got three different colours of T-shirts. So we've got red T-shirts, green T-shirts or purple T-shirts and you can choose what you want to wear. Skirts, trousers. They're just grey. What sports are popular on the Isle of Man? Football, we have a lot of cricket. We have a lot of cricket. Clubs, cricket. There's quite a big rugby league on the Isle of Man. So there's road racing and BMX racing and off-road racing. So the main sport is probably motorbike racing. Are there any famous musicians that come from the Isle of Man? And what kind of music do you like? We have Celtic music mainly. My favourite Celtic band is probably the Moloch band. So in the summer holidays... Me, Dottie, and a bunch of our friends. We did a little surprise for them. We all dressed up as members of the Mollugs. We performed a song of theirs. We Mr. Mr. Mole. And also some people might have heard of the Bee Gees, they came from the Isle of Man. What do you like to do with your friends? Well, me and Rafferty, we like playing football together. I like just um,
2: going to the festival with my friends.
1: And going shopping with Um, them. Dottie used to like singing quite a lot. They were in a band called... Have you heard of the band Little Mix? Yes. Well, they created Little Manx. Good name. My favourite thing to do that's about Manx stuff is definitely Manx dancing. Can you tell me about some of the native animals? We have our own type of sheep. Locked in sheep. What about a mouse cat? So there's a stumpy and a rumpy. A rumpy is like one with no tail at all. And then a stumpy is like with a, like, a teeny stump. And then the Manx cat is like a stumpy. Is the superstition about the long tail true? Uh, yes, yes we can't but...
2: say R-A-T because um, it's bad luck if
1: you're Manx. There's lots of Manx myths and legends about animals. If I was to visit the Isle of Man for the day, what top three things should I do? I'd recommend going to Peel, going around Peel Castle. Cragnish. Oh yeah, Cragnish. Cragnish, it's a tiny village. There's a cottage named after. Well, not named after me, but it's got my name. Ned Begg. Ned Begg's Cottage. And, um, and then Laxey Wheel as well. The world's biggest water wheel. Well, thank you so much, Ned and Dot, for joining me on KidCast. Welcome. Bye. Bye. When are new. Slown.
0: What a great interview. I certainly know a lot more about the Isle of Man than I did this morning. And I'm sure some people are thinking, well, now I know there is an Isle of Man. Did you know anything about it before that interview, Cloda?
1: Well, I knew there was such thing as the Isle of Man, but
0: I didn't know anything about it. Me neither. I didn't really fully understand that it really is a very unique place with its complete own culture and tradition and laws and money and animals, that there is so much going on on such a tiny island of only 85,000 people, I think Ned said. If you were to put together an Isle of Man mystery sound special... What sounds would you record?
1: Well, these might be easy for some of the listeners, but I think the first one might be a motorbike. Good one. And the second one
0: might be some Celtic music. Oh, that would be a bit of a curveball, because they might think that that could be Irish music, but it would actually be Manx music. I think if I was to be really mean, I'd probably record a Manx cat and then possibly people would guess cat. But they would be wrong because it would be very specifically a Manx cat without a tail or a stump or a rump, depending on which, which breed it is, as we heard from Dot. Well, let's see if Abigail has any of those for us on this week's Mystery Sounds.
1: Mystery Sounds. Hi, I'm Abigail with today's Mystery Sounds. Hi, Abigail. I'm going to go easy on you just to start.
0: Any idea what that is? Could it be a washing machine? Does that sound like a washing machine to you? I wasn't thinking washing machine. I was thinking almost like stirring something. Will Will we listen to it again? Yeah. Okay, let's listen to it again because you've really thrown me with your guess. Do you still think washing machine? No. No. Um, Abigail, are we close with washing machine? No, you're not. Here's a clue. It's something you pour into a saucepan. Something you put in a pot. Does that make it any simpler for you? No. Are you totally lost? <laughs> well, I mean, okay. If we want to just take wild guesses, we could think about things we put in pots. Does it sound like potatoes? No. Does it sound like soup? No. Are we going to try one last guess or are we going to let Abigail win this round?
1: One last guess. Okay,
0: one last guess. And I'm wondering if our listeners at home are like knocking their heads against the wall saying, it's so obvious. Right, go for your last guess. Pancakes. Did that sound like pancakes? Um, could be a pancake. could be like an egg that goes into a pancake because it definitely didn't sound very like sort of soft and gloopy to me. I'll let you listen to it one more time. Okay, so something pouring in. Yeah, I think you're on the right track now.
1: No, it's like something frozen, maybe? Frozen veg. Sorry, you're wrong. It's pouring pasta. Oh, I was going to say that earlier, but I thought it sounded hard or something, so it was like... Oh, that's what they all say. Of course you
0: were going to say it earlier.
1: (laughs) No, but it sounded... Hard. So it's like, that's no way going to be pasta. No, it's going to be something frozen.
0: Yeah. Well, I actually was thinking frozen peas and peas and pasta would be kind of similar sounding. So um, good one, Abigail. Very good. So we're on one point for Abigail and we're on zero points for Clodagh and Kira.
1: Are you ready for my second sound? Yes, I am ready for your second one. This one might be a bit harder. Here you go.
0: Any ideas what that is, Clodagh? A washing machine. Oh, you're straight in there. You're pretty confident with this one this time, yeah? No, but... Well, I don't want to throw you. A
1: washing machine or a printer.
0: A washing machine or a printer? I was going to say washing machine.
1: Is there any other clues? It would be beside the
0: washing machine, but the clothes wouldn't be wet. (gasps) It would be beside the washing machine. I don't think a printer would be beside a washing machine. (laughs) A dryer? Oh, a dryer. Abiel, is it a dryer? Well done, you guess my mystery sounds. So it was a tumble dryer. Well done, Cloda, And well done, Abigail, because you really threw us on that first one. I wonder, um, did our listeners at home guess both sounds or did they get one like us? Or did they get none at all? If you think you at home have some interesting sounds to challenge me and our guest host with, then you can email them to info at kidcast.ie or you can message us on Facebook. So thank you very much for that, Abigail. Well done. Bye. 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 What is the world record
1: for the most pancakes eaten at one time? One hundred and thirteen pancakes in
3: 8 minutes! Hi, I'm Ian Michelle and this week I invite you to bake with me. I started liking to bake when I was little because my mum used to bake a lot. So today I'm going to be showing you how to make pancakes. You're going to need a... large enough bowl, a spatula and a wooden spoon. And the ingredients are eggs. You can do one egg for about two people and two eggs for about maybe five people. So I would usually use two eggs. You'll need milk and you'll also need flour. First off, I would crack the eggs into two different bowls, one for the yolk and one for the eggy bit. I'd usually mix up the eggy bit really nice and fluffy so that makes the pancakes fluffy and then I'd mix in the yolk. After that I'd usually add in one cup of milk and then one cup of flour. I'd mix it all together and turn on the stove usually up quite high for the start and then I'd turn it down when I'm putting on the pancake. You would want to put either butter or coconut oil on the pan that you're using for the pancakes. I usually use a big spoon to put the pancake mix on so you're going to want to do that I hope you liked this week's Bake With Me recipe. But of course, the best part, the tasting, will be baking.
0: Amazing. Thank you, Mia Michelle. And my goodness, you're making me hungry. Cloda, I have to ask, what is your favourite pancake topping?
1: Well, usually I'd have lemon and sugar. But nice,
0: traditional.
1: But sometimes I'd have bacon and maple syrup. Yum. And I really do love that. What's your favourite pancake topping?
0: Well, for me, it would have to be a toss-up. So like you, there'd be two on the table. The bacon and maple syrup um, or Nutella. I think it kind of depends on whether I'm having them for breakfast or brunch, which might be a more respectable time to eat lashings of Nutella. You know that the students at Temple Street Hospital School have some
1: very interesting food facts for us this week. And you won't believe how many hazelnuts go into a jar of Nutella. Did you know French fries originally came from Belgium, not France? Did you know that an apple is twenty five percent air? That's why they float. Did you know cows used to be purple? Did you know apple stuff was the first food eaten in space by astronauts? Did you know fruit flavoured sweets shine because they have car wax in them?
3: Did you know the red food dye for Skittles is made from boiled beetles? Did you know one in every four puzzle mugs ends up in a jar of Nutella? Did you know peanuts are one of the ingredients in dynamite?
0: Very interesting did-you-know facts from the students at Temple Street Hospital School. Well, interesting slash slightly scary. You know, I think I might actually think twice before I open a bag of peanuts the next time.
1: Or maybe just be careful how many you eat or... (laughs) (laughs) That is quite a funny image. That actually gives me a really good idea for an animation.
0: What? My exploding stomach? No,
1: peanut bombs. It could be a thing. I would like to see that animation. Well, after my chat with Sean the animator on this week's When I Grow Up, I think I know exactly what to do. Hi, Sean. It's lovely to have you on KidCast today.
4: Yeah, it's lovely to be here. It's nice to meet you.
1: My first question is, did you always want to be an animator?
4: Yeah, I kind of did because I've been drawing since I was a kid and art was always my favourite subject in school. And when I was growing up, The Simpsons was like my favorite TV show ever. And then um, my uncle also studied animation. Do you know what a portfolio is?
1: Like a file?
4: Kind of. So it's like before everything was digital, portfolios used to be like folders. And it's basically all your best work. And now usually people have websites. So all their portfolios are online. But so in the 90s, my uncle studied animation. And he had like a big folder full of like amazing stuff. And I remember being a kid. I was probably only your age. And I think that kind of inspired me. And I kind of realized like, okay, maybe this could be a job, you know?
1: How did you get into animation?
4: When it got to the end of school, and I had to like figure out what was next, I found out that um, IADT in Dunleary had an animation course. And they also had like a weekend course that was every Saturday for like four months. And I think I did that in my, it was either my last year school or my second last year. And it was kind of just like to see if you liked it before you went and studied it properly. And yeah, I liked it enough that I decided, yeah, I do want to go and study this. So that's how I got into it.
1: What was the first ever animated character you made?
4: You know, When I was a kid, I made my own superhero, but it was like a total ripoff of Spider-Man. And I just changed his colours. And instead of webs, it was like ropes. And I used to make comics about him and stuff. I, his name was Cable Kid, which is like Spider-Man. It was totally just a copy.
1: <laughs> when did your first ever animation get published?
4: So one of my first jobs in animation was in 2016, and that was on a show called Pablo for CBBS. A year later, in 2017, it, all the show was finished, and it went out on TV, and I got my name in the credits for the first time. And I think since then, I've, I've done five or six TV shows, and my names have all been in the credits of those.
1: Oh, I know Pablo. That's cool. How long does it take you to animate a 10-minute video?
4: That's a really good question, because I think lots of people... Uh, think animation can be done a lot quicker than it can be. The show that I'm on right now is called Alva's World, and it's a show all about like teaching kids internet safety. And I'm just a designer on this show, so I haven't actually been animating this year. But I asked my friend who's an animator, and she said that it takes a team of 10 animators about two weeks from start to finish to finish an episode. Everyone does about 10 seconds a day, which doesn't sound like much, but that is actually a lot. 10 people doing 10 seconds a day over 10 days, then you have... I think the maths roughly work out on that. You have a ten-minute episode, and um, but before they start animating all the backgrounds and all the characters have to be drawn, and so from like you know coming up with the idea to actually finishing animation, it can be months. So animation is just like a small part of it, and it can be actually months and months before an episode is finished.
1: What is a designer?
4: The job of a designer is basically to decide what the show looks like. So my job is to kind of create characters that match the color and the style of the show.
1: That makes sense. Where did you get your inspiration?
4: I get my inspiration from all kinds of places. Sometimes it's TV shows that I'm watching, or if my friends say something funny, or just things that I'm thinking about, I always have a notebook in my pocket or in my bag. And anytime I come up with something that could be an animation or a comic or a drawing or a character or something, I write it down in my notebook. Because you know, it's so easy to forget stuff. And that way you can kind of even when you're not feeling very inspired, you can you can figure out something fun to do.
1: What advice would you give to someone who wanted to start animation?
4: My advice was going to be that they should just start because I think lots of people, they wait to do things until they're good enough. And I think you learn so much by doing, right? I would also say, keep drawing. A lot of people just stop. And I think the people who become animators, they just keep going and they never really lose the enjoyment that they get from drawing. Um, if you want to animate, I would say just keep going. And I would say if there's a character that you like and you think they're funny, you can like try animate stuff that they do. You know, if like if they do like a funny dance that you like, you can try and do it yourself and try and figure out how they did it. That, that thing's kind of cool.
1: What is your favorite animated movie and why?
4: Ooh, have you seen Into the Spider Verse? Yes. Yeah, that's my favorite film because it's like. You know, do you know what 3D animation is rather than 2D animation? Yeah. So 3D is kind of like dome of computers and then 2D, it was like traditionally done on paper and into the Spider-Verse, they did loads of stuff to make 3D animation look like 2D animation. Animation is all about details and that film is just amazing to look at. Every single frame has something beautiful in it and that's why I love it.
1: And my last question, do you have any good
4: jokes? What do you get when you cross a snowman with a vampire? I don't know Frostbite <laughs> Not an audible laugh But her face crunched up
1: Would you like me to tell you a joke?
4: Yes please I'm sure it'll be better than my one
1: A cartoonist's apartment burnt down last weekend The police say the details are sketchy
4: That's really good <laughs> I've not heard that one before
1: Thank you Sean That was really interesting chatting to you And learning about your job
4: Thank you so much. It was really great talking to you, too.
0: Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Amazing. Well done, Cloda. You know, I would know very little about animation, so that was fascinating to get an insight into that world. And now I'm thinking the next move for KidCast could be KidCast, an animated series.
1: Yes, where the host stomach blows up after eating too many peanuts and the show's invaded by kids who tried to take over the world.
0: Well, that sounds like you've really given a lot of thought to a KidCast takeover there, Cloda. Do you think you'd like to work in animation when you grow up? Definitely. And what kind of animation would you like to do?
1: You know when you're scrolling through images and you find GIFs?
0: I do, yes. And you find those
1: animated GIFs? Yeah. I'd
0: like to make some of those. Oh, cool. That's a very specific niche area of animation. Well, well done. Of course, we should let our listeners know that you, in fact, designed the KidCast logo. So clearly you are incredibly talented. And I'm sure that if animation is where you want to go, then it won't be long before you're following in Sean's footsteps. And he certainly seemed very impressed with you as well. Now, before we jump back on our horses and gallop off into the sunset, can we please get the answer to your riddle that has been bugging me for the past half hour?
1: Well, the riddle was, a horse is tied to a rope that is five metres long. Ten metres away from him, there's a bale of hay. Um, He is able to eat from the
0: bale of hay. How is this possible? Well the only way That I could think That this is possible But sounds far too simplistic Is that If he just walked over To the hay Because the rope Was just hanging off him You're right there The rope was tied to nothing (laughs) Well done. Excellent. OK, finally, I win, I win, I win. I got an answer to a riddle. Excellent. I love it. And if you at home have any good riddles or corny riddles like Hoda's one that tried to catch me out, but you didn't this time, or facts or reviews or artwork that you'd like to share with us, then email info at kidcast.ie or message us at KidCast Podcast on Facebook. We would really love to hear from you. And we would also love to find out where in the country you are listening from. Like this week's five high fives.
1: High five from Cahal Martin and Dear Lamarson from Ballyvaham, County Clare. High five from Meta Injay from Roachestown Cork. High five from Kate from Limerick. High five from Jude in Clancy, Key Dublin. High five from Ivy, Curtain in Cross Malina,
0: County Mayo.
2: And high five to all, all of you at, at home. home.
0: That's it from us this week. A big thanks to everyone who took part today. Hannah in the newsroom, Ned and Dot over on the Isle of Man, Abigail with her mystery sounds, baking with Mia Michelle, our animator, Sean O'Reilly, and my amazing guest host, Clodagh Sayas walsh I'm Kara O'Donoghue and you've been listening to KidCast. Tune in again next time. And of course, subscribe. subscribe. Bye. Bye.